Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where we talk all things WTA and handicap the WTA. And I'm Noops, and joining me as always is Spread Astaire, who is kind of having a rough day. Apparently the weather is terrible in California. Let us uh, break it down, Spread. What does terrible weather in California in May look like? Oh, it's raining, which is uh, it's a big shock to me. And uh, let's see, I it's didn't... pretty rough. I'll check the temperature. It's 53 degrees, so that's pretty chilly for me as well. Wow. So we just essentially just <laughs> traded wet weather. It was like 75, 80 degrees and sunny today. You know, not too humid, a nice little breeze. It was wonderful. I mean, 50 and rainy. That sounds like Philadelphia weather. Yeah, it looks like we did trade, so. Well, unfortunately, it's just the two of us today, our third compadre. Um, I'm not sure if electricity stops working in Canada after a certain hour. It's a little bit late, um, but <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Do you remember what Jorge's excuse was, Spread? Uh, no, I missed it, but yeah, we'll go with the uh, the lack of electricity up there. Well, it's it's tough living up in Canada, and you know, um, Godspeed, and we hope Jorge's okay wherever he is. Um, we sure he's having a good time, probably watching the basketball game or something. But um, let's dive into some tennis and, and break down kind of the week that was, and then we'll dive into the two uh, smaller tournaments we have this week. So, big tournament in Rome. Uh, we've got the final tomorrow. Hopefully, you guys will get this before it starts. I think you will. Um, Conta is going to play Pliskova. We'll break that down just a little bit. Looking into some reactions here, the first thing that stuck out to me was Kiki Burton's performance. Um, she's been incredible on clay lately and looked really, really good. But in her match against Conta, she really melted down and you know really tried to rely on her coach and, and even then couldn't get through it. So you know what that reminded me basically was when we get to the French Open, when you don't have your coach, when you don't have that that person to lean on, that Kiki Burton's maybe mentally isn't the player we, th- we think she is. What do you think about that? Yeah, it could be true, and I'd also ascribe uh, it a bit to fatigue. you got to remember she had won the tournament the week before, and then with the rain on, what day was it, Tuesday, they all doubled up on Wednesday. Um, so she played a lot of tennis this week. So, um, you know, there is mental fatigue as well as physical fatigue, so I think that also could have played a factor. Also, there's a lot of pressure for her where Kanta as you know, evidenced by my bets and a lot of people's bets. No one has really any expectations for her on clay. She's historically been a, a very poor player, so I also think she had the mental pressure on her where Kanta, you know, was kind of free rolling, you know, with not a lot of expectations, and that could have played into it as well. Only other thing I'm, I'm noticing here in the top part, any concerns about Naomi Osaka, who withdrew with, I'm not sure if it was a shoulder or a leg or an abdominal injury, but... Um, you know, do you think maybe she was? How hurt do you think she is? Are you concerned about her going into the French Open next week? The following very sorry, the because week? because um, it was she had she said she had numbness in her hand and she didn't know where it came from. She couldn't you know ascribe a source of source of the injury. It wasn't like she hurt herself. You know, she said she woke up and her hand was numb, which is very odd and um, just seems to be you know unpredictable and it's setting on and and without knowing how it happened or, or why it happened, it, it could be a recurring issue. So, yes, I am a tad bit worried. We'll keep that in mind as we go forward. Young Von Sova had a nice week, but also an injury from her. Um, well, I don't know if she was officially injured. What did you think about her late match? When I, I got to watch a little bit of her loss to content. It seemed like she wasn't 100%. I know she's been playing a lot of tennis as well. No, she wasn't. She cramped up against... Uh, who did she play the round before? Let me pull this up real quick. Um, against Kasekina. She was having cramps in that third set, even though she won it 6-2. 
Um, she was having leg cramps, and I think that's just her being a younger player, um, the level of tennis, the physical intensity of the tennis, and you know her body just not really being ready for it. So um, that will be something to look forward to, although I know that you are a proud holder of a Vondra Silver future, and the fact that you get the days off in between at the Grand Slam should be uh, of great benefit to her. Absolutely. I hope everybody got it behind us on that. I got some Vondrasova at 150 to 1 a, a few months ago. I haven't looked at what her price is, but my guess is it's not quite as good as that. Um, I could pull it up real quick. While you do that, flipping through here, you know, Victoria Azarenka continues to win matches on clay, much to our surprise. Any thoughts on, on her and her successful run? Well, real quick, um, Vondrasova is 50 to 1 now. So. All right, little CLV. <laughs> CLV there. And then what was the question we're looking for the next Sorry, one? Sorry, Azarenka, just curious to get oh. your thoughts on her recent run. And, you know, she still had some success this week before retiring. Yeah. Um, no, she didn't retire. She lost to Pliskova. I'm looking Because that was a match that I actually played this week. And I remember I was a little worried because in my little handicap that I put out, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing. You're right about that. Svitolina was the one who retired. Um, well, regardless, what do you attribute her good play on clay to? Um, you know, Looking back at some of her previous years, this is, without a doubt, one of the best, if not the best years she's ever had on clay at an advanced age in her career. I think that she's just starting to come around. I think that finally um, she's able to return to the form. I think that her body is back. Um, you know, I don't know a lot about her... Um, parental situation but I think it's calmed down a little bit which has allowed her to focus on tennis whereas I know that even though last year she was playing she was also spending a lot of time in court and I can imagine the, you know, the stress of that um, especially for an accomplished player like Vika who you know, didn't really need the money so I'm sure she was fully focused on the, uh, the custody battle but I think that settled down for her a little bit allowing her to focus on the tennis and it, what it really comes down to is she's just a really talented player now would I trust her to win a Grand Slam like would I look at her for the um, the French Open to win it all no not really but I need to be wary of fading her because before I had kind of thought that she was a big name that wasn't playing up to her level but now I think that her level of play has matched the name and what we expect from Vika Azarenka. It's, it's, what do you, so what do you think of her serve? The, the more and more I watch tennis and handicap it, I, I find that women that have a strong serve have a big advantage on pretty much any surface. And Has that been a big part to her success lately? Yeah, because she's able to hold. And like, uh, you know, even against Pliskova, I know that she had lost in, I think it was Madrid before. Um, but... You know, her ability to just get that big first serve in uh, gives you so many free points and it makes your hold so much uh, so much easier. I think that she is, it's definitely coming around. I think all parts of her game is coming around. She's got the consistency back on her ground strokes, which I thought was the other weakness that she had was why I was bending against her last year was that she was, she had the flashes of brilliance, but she wasn't able to put it together match after match. I think she's settling down. Uh, she can rely on her ground strokes. And like I said, the serve has given her the free points. And uh, so she's getting back to that uh, that old Vika Azarenka level. And we'll keep that in mind from a single match perspective. But you're right; it's going to be tough to trust her over you know a full tournament, even a, a two on clay. Grand slam. On yeah, clay, I'll be very clay. interested to see how well she does at Wimbledon and uh, in the U.S. Open. I think you know she could really be a, a serious contender now. 
for sure. So the last two players I wanted to touch on quickly, Kiki Mildenovic continues to play unbelievable tennis under the tutelage of Sasha Bain, and uh, Maria Sakari continues to play some tremendous clay tennis. It looks like she ran out of gas today. I got to see a little bit of her match against Pliskova. She looked like she finally got tired. Anything to add on those two names? Uh, Mladenovic has obviously uh, benefited from the coaching of Sasha. You know, um, give him the coach of the year right now, as Vinny, our buddy Manor Tips Tennis, said. Go ahead and give it to him right now. I mean, she went from the member last year, it was uh, Osaka Unders and Fade Mlad was kind of like our, our go-to bread and butter bets. And that is definitely out the window now. Um, she's serving great. She's using it to set up the point. She's putting away um, the short balls when she needs to. Um, still little problems on the ground strokes, which is where I think that she struggles on clay. I know some people had, had started to look at her as a French Open outright. I don't think I'm there yet because I think that if you can keep her behind the baseline, um, that's still a weakness of hers. But, um, boy, I'm really excited to see what she's looking like going into grass season. And I think she can definitely win some rounds and grab some points here at the French Open. That was going to be a really fun and exciting. So any other names to touch on before we break down the final? Uh, so, uh, yeah, Sakari, um, her bun looks great. She's playing great. <laughs> um, her and Steph Tsitsipas are, are, are uh, subtweeting each other. Uh-oh. So. <laughs> Great tennis another, greatness, folks. Yeah, that's been another fun one to watch. So we'll see, we'll see where that goes all the time. Um, her style is is made for clay. You know, she's a, she's tough. She's a grinder. Great ground strokes off both sides. Um, definitely, you know, she doesn't have the serve that Mladenovic has. But when I, I did watch the Mladenovic match, I had incorrectly picked Mladenovic, and that was a fitness win. Um, you could see it. Uh, you could see Kiki wear down, and you could see that uh, Sakari looked just as strong in, in the sixth game of the third set as she did to start the match. So, um, with the way her fitness is, I think that it's going to pose, uh, especially if there's like uh, weather problems in the French, or you know, if she plays a lot of long matches. I think that could be an advantage for her going forward. All right, Spurt, I have a trivia question for you. So Uh-oh. before today's win joanna conta had won 585 ranking points on clay in the month of may so that's just the month of may it's may 18th there have been 18 days in may joanna conta has won 585 points on clay so before may of this year she's played in 23 tournaments how many points on clay does she have in those entire 23 tournaments? Again. I saw that one. It's something like 400, right? <laughs> no, it's 600. Just a little bit more. Oh, but okay. if, she yeah. wins, if she wins this <laughs> final and does anything at Roland Garros, literally anything, wins one match, wins her first ever match, I think, at Roland Garros, she's going to have more points in the month of May on clay than she's had in her entire career combined. So what do you think, Spread? We've, we've watched her... Make the final in Rabat. Um, she lost her first match in Madrid. I think that's largely due to some fatigue after the win in, in Rabat. But she's looked really solid this week. Um, you know, like I was talking about a little bit with Azarenka, she's a player with an underrated serve. You know, she hits her spots. She gets the ball in, which is, you know, in the women's game, a huge advantage for any player. Um, but what I've noticed, I think, is she seems to be more comfortable sliding. She seems to be more comfortable moving a little bit. And she kind of knows her limitations. Watching the Burtons match today, you know, she kept points really short she didn't try to get into long rallies and used her drop shot really well what what have you seen from her these past couple weeks yeah you kind of took my little uh my little analysis out there i was going to make a joke that she uh she's been watching some ricky henderson videos because she learned how to slide before she looked so uncomfortable on clay and now um 
with with her able to move correctly and not be uncomfortable and not get flustered just with the basics of the movement you know um your split steps you're getting back to the middle of the court um you know the ability to slide into the ball and uh it is a little tougher because you need to you need to stop a little sooner than you would on grass or hard courts um you know, before you before you start your backswing and set your feet, and I think that she struggled with that for so long. And uh, other than I can say, watching Ricky Henderson videos on YouTube, I don't know how this happened, but she she looks comfortable on clay when she never has before. And so, um, you know, we kind of all we mentioned her even you know a podcast or two in the past and saying that actually her style. It lends itself to clay you know if you just watch her play on hard courts you think she'd be better on clay than she is on grass but um you know obviously being uncomfortable on the surface it showed but now that she's comfortable uh, it'll be really interesting to see i think she can make some noise at roland garros whereas uh, before the clay season started i would have completely written her off and been and been fading her all the way so I know you're a big NBA guy, and a comparison question for you. Is Carolina Pliskova the San Antonio Spurs of the WTA? <laughs> it feels uh, like she wins and wins over and over and over again, makes deep runs in tournaments, and no one ever talks about her. She's not, uh, you know, I know that we know her, and she's a big name in general, but I don't know if that we necessarily give her the respect that she deserves, given how consistent she is. We've got her in another final here, so, you know, what do you think, Spread? I think that she is overshadowed by her um, counterpart in Petra Gavitova, who really has the the support of the Czechs. And I think that um, you know the way Kvitova plays with her you know big style, big winners, um, her endearing personality. You know, I think that that because Kvitova kind of overshadows her, I don't think that we notice her. Whereas, you know, if she was the best player from her country or the most popular player from her country, I think that she would get get more attention. But uh, that's what I would kind of ascribe it to. Not to mention, she doesn't really give you much in the press. So another reason why Kvitova might be more popular is I think that she lets the fans and the reporters kind of into her mindset a little bit more. And, you know, kind of shares her, her weaknesses and, you know, what she's really thinking where uh, Pliskova, you know, they call her a robot because she's very um, measured with the way that she speaks to the press. So the plan tomorrow, Pliskova, a pretty solid favorite here, minus 180. Um, Kanta plus 135. I'm seeing a spread of about plus three games. I don't normally take spreads around plus three games, but I think that this is going to be a long match. I think there's a chance we might actually even see a tiebreaker here. I'm looking to see if I can get odds on, yes, there's a tiebreak, but what do you think of this line? Will you be um, making any wagers? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Pliskova, um, but I don't know how much I would take into that if I was a listener because (laughs) I bet on Pliskova a lot, and I barely bet on Kanta. So, um, obviously, I have a lot of uh, bias going into it. Um, but I just I just like Pliskova's game. I think that she's solid, and I think that she can, you know, if she's playing her best, she can just basically hit through Kanta, and, you know, she should be able to hold serve so much easier than, uh, than Kanta does. But, like I said, I've been wrong about Kanta all week, and I... I have overrated Pliskova a lot this year. If you if you go back and listen to the pods, you know I've had her on a lot of outrights. Um, so I don't know how much I would take into that, but yeah, I'm taking Pliskova. I'm staying away from the spread. I w- I'm gonna. I think uh, I already looked. I had a. Uh, I just laid the juice. I think it was minus 150 when I got it, 
and uh, I put her in a parlay with Rafael Nadal. I think you're right. Pliskova in a way is a very similar play to Conte and just kind of a better version of that. Um, you know, looking at, at some of the different things here, I do think we are going to see a long match. The total's a 21.5, which I just hate betting. That's just a disaster of a total in the WTA. I'll probably end up with some over 2.5 sets. Um, now looking here, I see a yes on the tiebreaker is plus 275. To be honest, I don't look at that market very much, but let me do some quick math here and see what the implied probability of that is. That's actually so, not a bad look. So what do you think? Is there a, a greater than 27% chance that there's a tiebreaker in this match? Hmm. Again, again, I have... This is interesting. I'm going to spend some time when we're done here looking into this. I, I just kind of caught my eye. I know both of these are strong Conch servers. Conch has only played there's one tiebreak at all this whole week, and it was against... Um, as a, uh, no, Pliskova played Venus. one against Azarenka. Yeah. And, and Conta had one against Sloan. Yeah, so... Uh, just looking at their previous results, I don't know if... At first, it sounded like a good bet, but now kind of looking at it, maybe the 27% is about right. Yeah, I'll go through and do, do a little more math on that one, but I think you're right. I like Pliskova to win this match. I think that you know she's a pretty steady player. She'll, again, have the help of her coach, Conchita Martinez, who seemed to make a big difference with her in clay. I think Conchita won Rome like five times as well. She's yeah, so she made the final five times. She won it four oh, times and then finished okay. second the fifth time. Okay. Um, if you remember, we talked about Rome is kind of this funky place where everybody just wins a whole bunch. You know, whatever you win once in oh, Rome, yeah, you yeah. win a, a bunch of and times. Svitolina ruined it this year. Yeah. Yep, 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 she did. But I like that look on Pliskova. I'm going to look into some overs. You know, over two and a half sets here is plus 155. I think I'm going to take that for a little bit. And maybe I'll look at some of that tiebreaker stuff. But um, anything to add on Rome before we wrap up last week and jump into the two smaller tournaments we've got this week um did you see any of garbine play at all just a little bit she she looked she looked like garbine and muguruza's look this year uh, you know flashes of intense talent just hitting some shots that it doesn't seem like anybody else can you know being able to use some of her unbelievable skill to win points and at other times looking lost confused and generally incapable of moving um uh, she's just a mess. I think you have to stay as far away as you can from betting on her or betting against her because you just have no idea on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis what she's going to bring. Got it. All right. Yeah, I missed both of her matches. That's why I was curious. Yeah, go, go back and watch them. They're interesting matches. Um, let me flip back and see exactly who she played. I forget. I did get to see a little she bit of both. She played Danielle Collins. So the match against Sai Sai, I actually got to watch almost all of that. And... It basically came down to the fact that Zhang couldn't hold serve against her. Couldn't do it. But Muguruza also couldn't hold serve against Zhang. This is about as close as I've gotten in a long time to my dream of, of 12 breaks in one set. It was unbelievable. Um, just an absolute mess to watch. But Muguruza basically out-talented her. And then the Collins match, you know, kind of back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, Collins doesn't really like playing on clay. Um, not sure what the injury was in the retirement to Azarenka. But, you know, the same kind of weird Azarenka matches we've been getting used to seeing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting because I always have her as a dark horse going into uh, Roland Garros regardless of her form. Um, just because she is the type that can just turn it on, you know, regardless of past results. So, kind of curious to see how she looked. Interesting. So, we've got an international event in France in Strasbourg. B-O-U-R-G. This is going to be tough. We don't have Jorge here to pronounce names. Oh, um, yeah. Pavlyuch. Especially with these these fields that we're not as familiar with, you know that's where uh, 
Jorge and our buddy Vinny are usually really strong to help us out with some of these wild cards and these ITF-level players that are sneaking in with not a lot of uh, main draw uh, participants because they're all getting ready for Roland Garros. So last year, Pavel Yuchenkova beat Sybil Kova in the final. Stoser beat Gavrilova the year before that. Caroline Garcia beat Mirjana Lucic-Baroni. Sam Stoser beat Kiki Mildenovic in 2014. Monica Puig beat Silvia Soler Espinosa. So a, a bunch of familiar names there. You see a couple, you know, two French women. Um, Caroline Garcia actually won it in 2016. Kiki Mildenovic made it in 2015. You know how much we love the home court advantage, but... Um, jumping into the draw here in the top half, we've got Ashley Barty, who is a pretty prohibitive favorite here. She's plus 250. You rarely see that kind of pricing in an outright market for a tennis tournament, but she's the one seed. You know, down at the bottom, you've got Shai Shai Zhang. Um, looking through some of the names here in the middle, we see Caroline Garcia, the four seed, Chloe uh, Paquette, Paquet, you know, apologies again, um, and Amandine Hess, you know, the two local wild cards. So, so what do you think of this top half of the draw here spread? Do you like anything from an outright perspective, and who wins? I I usually stay away from these tournaments this week, so um, it's it, Ash Barty is interesting. I know that you had talked about you know if they had a no for her that you would bet it, but doesn't she seem like the type that wouldn't wouldn't uh, tank before before a big tournament that she's out there just trying to win no matter what? I don't know if she has that. Um, has that inner inner genes to to be smart enough to just say hey i only need one or two matches here this week well that's a good point because as you're saying that i'm thinking about what she did for the australian open this year that's right she went all the way to the final in sydney the week before um but but i don't necessarily know if this is as big of an event um and she doesn't have the pedigree on this surface let me just pull up some numbers here that i've got she looked pretty good in madrid yeah she's looked solid this year she's definitely getting better um now her whole break this year, you know, she's played four matches, three and one. I get some pretty good talent. Her whole break's been pretty stellar, you know, one eighteen. But looking back in some of the past years, it's a little lower than that. But you know, maybe she's a little better on clay than I think she is. I, so I don't know. But plus two fifty, I don't know. I don't. I can't imagine anybody should be plus two fifty. I mean, what are Rafael Nadal's odds to win the the French Open? Like plus one fifty at this point. So you know, she's actually not that far off. Yeah. Um... As far as, I mean, plus 250 is unplayable, but it just makes me not as excited to hit some of these other numbers in this top half. Um, I think a big question will be is, can Caroline Garcia use this tournament to get back on track? Um, she's got a pretty favorable draw, um, unless uh, Siegman gets thrown in her in her little area here. I think that would be the one uh, qualifier I'd be worried about. But really, um, this could be a good tournament for Caroline Garcia to use as a jumping pad to go into Roland Garros. She will have the home court advantage. I'll have to go back some, and take some time to see how she does in France. But if memory serves me, she tends to play a little better in front of the home court crowd. And, and you're right. There's not really much value up here. It'd be nice to take Sophia Kennan, but you look at her number at 10 to 1. I'll pass on that. You know, Caroline Garcia, again, we've been talking about her. She's 7 to 1. Just really yeah, I mean, tough it's just, to find there's any value no, up here. Yeah, there's no value in 7 to 1 there. But so let's jump into the bottom half then. Um, you know, we feel pretty strong. I mean, I guess you think Barty wins the top half. Um, I have a uh, uh, a Barty 
Garcia semifinal that's super chalky, and I know it's wrong because we have these tournaments all the time, and the week before the slam, they always end up being two people that we couldn't predict at all, like a Schmiedlova Peterson <laughs> <laughs> semifinal, you know, which is why I'm not putting money on it, but we're here, we're previewing it, you know, um, and like I said, with the one thing about being chalky up here is uh, I think both of these women, whether it be just their nature and Barty or Garcia, where it seems just a little more necessary to get a springboard, seem to be motivated going into this tournament. Like you said, their prices are are um, reflective of that, and I don't see any value in the bet at all. But, um, you know, that's why I'm kind of beware of taking um, my outright from the top half, which will bring us to the bottom half. And I did choose an outright here, and I took, even though Jorge's not here, we're going to go ahead and um, use some of his knowledge and wisdom, and that is to try and find a long shot at, you know, huge money that you can go ahead, and if she does well, you can go ahead and hedge, hedge, hedge um, as much as you need to um, to go ahead and extract some value here. So the one that I chose was Fiona Farrow, um, you know, home court, uh, pretty good results on clay this year. Um, I know you had mentioned that, you know, we're a little worried about Yang and, and Wang and your Stremska. Um, your Stremska, I'm not as worried about Wang could be, could be an issue, but I think on the clay that, uh, that Farrell has got a chance. And then if she gets to the semis, I can just hedge my way into profit. Yep. That was a really good segue and a little bit of foreshadowing there. I like your thought. There's some, definitely some value in this bottom half. I, I might put a little bit on Farrell, but I, I like Wang here. Um, she is really stellar in these small international tournaments. She's a pretty solid clay player overall. She's been playing some solid tennis this year. Let me just pull up some of her numbers here. Um, you know, hold break just right around 100 or so on clay. You know, not phenomenal, but pretty, pretty steady. Um, and I think she has a decent draw. Uh, you know, I'll probably take her and add a little bit of Pharaoh, maybe just to hedge on, on her a little bit. Um, Yastremska, again, looks pretty interesting. She's incredibly talented and keeps winning tennis matches, but at 8-1, to one, there's absolutely no value there. As depressed as I am at this point, you know, Arena the Amazonian Warrior Sabalenka just makes me sad at 7-1. to one. I would love for her to just blow through this field, play some amazing tennis, and, and finally pick up um, a little momentum going into Roland Garros next week, but I, I am not optimistic at all. She's got a favorable case. draw, too. She does. I mean, Zoo should she be does. no problem. Seven She's to got one. two qualifiers, and then probably Puig. I mean... Yeah, 7-1 to one reflects that, so I don't think that you need to place a bet on her, but um, if there's any tournament for her to kind of turn this clay court season around, um, she's got the draw to do it here. I mean, she could she could easily cruise to the semis. Totally agree. So we like Farrow at 50-1. to one. What, what are you thinking there from, from a bet size perspective? Oh, I got 80-1 to one on uh, five dimes. Ooh, 80-1. to one. I like that. So 80-1, to yeah. one, that's maybe, what, like a quarter unit? Uh... Yeah, I did point two. <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds about right. That makes. But sense. like I said, like usually this week is just completely off. If we didn't do a podcast, I I don't know if I would be even placing a tennis bet this week. I think these weeks are, unless you're you know real sharp with the ITF circuit like Jorge and Vinny are. I think these weeks are, are just stay away because I think the favorites, um, you know, kind of grab your eye, but then they don't have the motivation or you know things of that nature to to really come through and play as well as you expected. So um, usually this is like an off week for me. You know, it's like a bye week, which is why I'm kind of laying low this week. Um, 
But, you know, we're here and this is and going through it and just figuring out who you would pick, even if you don't put the money down. I think that's going to make you a better gambler overall. So that's what I'm hoping to uh, achieve here by uh, working through these tournaments with you guys. As tough as these weeks can be, this is these are the weeks where there really are some value because you can find things that, that books aren't normally taken into account. And I think at 80 to 1, that's an unbelievably good price. I'll be going on five dimes myself and grabbing a little of that. I'm going to pass on just about everything else here. Um, anything to add from an outright perspective before we jump into some first-round matchups? Uh, I was just as a joke. Wouldn't it be hilarious if the uh, <laughs> final was Jennifer Brady versus Caroline Garcia? Caroline Garcia overcomes Ash Barty, you know, that makes would be amazing, thing, and then has to face her her nemesis that just seems to have her number, Jennifer Brady. Um, but uh, I don't think that's very likely. But I just was thinking how funny that would be. You know, I'm gonna have to look in my savings and just kind of plan a few things out because if that is the final, I, I think that I need to buy a plane ticket and go out and see that. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, so first round matchups here. Pharaoh's a huge favorite over Cumcum. That makes perfect sense. Uh, anything to add there? No, Cumcum is not very good on play. It's yeah, Pharaoh's minus five, minus three twenty-five. The total's twenty, maybe a little under on the total, um, but I don't think there's anything we can bet there. Now this next line is pretty interesting. Jennifer Brady is only plus one ten against Kyung Wang, minus one forty. I mean, it really has been Brady's year, but are you as surprised by that number as I am? Yeah, actually, I am. I'm actually looking at that um, right now. I did not know that that was the number. I think that that's... Yeah, I'm kind of shocked by that. I'm having trouble. I mean, their numbers from a hold break perspective are actually pretty close. Um, you know, Brady had some success in Charleston, which is, you know, that hard green clay, not necessarily the red dirt we have here. And... You know, some of these tournaments are faster and slower. I think what we've heard this week is, or I'm sorry, this is a different tournament. This isn't Rome. I'm not sure exactly how fast Strasbourg is, but um, that's a really interesting price. I, what do you think? Are we, do we have to bet Wang at that number, or are you so freaked out by it you're going to stay away? Um, well, this is so I got it pulled up finally. Yeah, it's clay outdoors. Um, I mean, Brady's has a nice serve, which will help. But Brady's I mean, two and two this year. She beat Danielle Rose. Uh, lost to Muchova, uh, yeah. beat Kudermatova, and then lost to Gasparian in Madrid. She's only played two tournaments. Um, and then here's what worries me about it is Wang has lost her last three matches on clay. Um, she lost to Bernarda Pera, which I think I don't, I'm not, that's not a good loss. Uh, she lost to Donna Vekic, which doesn't really bother me, but you would think that she would have the game to beat Vekic on clay. No way. Vekic is great on clay. You think so? Yeah, she's really, really good on clay. Okay. Uh, her hold well, maybe break is, is consistent. Maybe I'm like just overrating her serve. Okay. But I was kind of disappointed that you, you didn't give the, the para loss more credit. I mean, she's a lefty, which makes a difference. And para is a clay grinder, so. Uh, okay. I don't know. I think I have um, to stay away from this. And this then I had her wrong. Maybe I'm just, you know, a little PTSD from. I had her against Siniakova. Remember last week, I was. You guys were at Love and Siniakova there, and I had Wang. And, um,. Yeah, it was it was a close match though. It wasn't like you know she just came in there and 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 fell apart. But I would probably stay away from this one. I saw that Brady's only played her once. It's in 2016 on hard courts, and Brady had won. I don't really know if we can take away anything from that. Next match, Rebecca Peterson's pretty big favorite over Magdalenette. I don't really have anything to say about this. How about you? I'm seeing plus 180 for Lynette, plus four games. Peterson minus 220, minus four games, total around 20 and a half. Yeah, um, 
Peterson is a fairly good clay player, right? Yeah, she has pretty solid numbers. I'm seeing again a whole she break. She plays a lot. Five. Yeah, she's four and three this year. Not too bad. And again, there's, there's no, nothing nice to she's say. She's played a lot more than that this year. Well, no, four and Rebecca three just Peterson. on clay. Just on clay. Oh, I saw. I saw her with ten matches. Okay, let me see. I'd, I don't have some of the qualifiers, I think. And if she played in Rome at all, I don't oh, have okay, that. Oh, okay, yeah, because uh, you're not going to go. Yeah, I don't have Rome. Yeah, but she beats Dozer and Kudermatova to qualify for Rome. Um, and then, um, you know, she's lost to Tom Jonovich. She beat Herkog, which is a great win in Rabat. Yeah, uh, she should definitely Goldenich. be the favorite here. I, I don't see any reason yeah. to bet Lynette, I guess is what I'm saying. But I don't know if I can lay the four games with Peterson either. No, Lynette is, if you include qualifiers, is 1-5 so far this year, and her only win is over, I can't even pronounce her name, the Spanish uh, Lady Bolsova Zadianova. Yeah. Zadianova, yeah. Uh, lost to Sharma, lost to Jorovic, lost to Potopova. Um, maybe if you want to throw Peterson in a parlay, but other than that, yeah, this is stay away. Harmony Tan is a giant dog to Shai Shai Zhang. Zhang's a pretty solid clay player. She's minus six and a half games, minus 1,400 on the money line. Uh, there's nothing to do there. Uh, I'm going to have to plead ignorance. I've never seen Harmony Tan play. Yeah, there's uh, and I'm I, I wonder how many people her, have. I wonder I'm, how many I'm people really have. Thing and I haven't even seen a lot of her opponents. <laughs> That's funny. So, all right, so next match, Lin Zhu's yeah. got Sabalenka. Again, Sabalenka, huge favorite, minus 575, minus five and a half games. Um, I don't Which know. Which I think is... Uh, That's probably right. Zoo doesn't play much on clay. Neither does Sabalenka. I don't know what you do with that. So Sabalenka hasn't won a claim. Oh, she won one match in Charleston. And that's gonna... her only, only win on clay this year so far. But her losses aren't that bad. She lost to Kuznetsova, who's who's a very good clay player in Madrid. And then this week she lost to Cornet, which she shouldn't be losing to Cornet. But Cornet is a clay specialist, and Sabalenka's game isn't necessarily built for clay. Um, yeah, complete stay away here. Yafin Wang, a big favorite over uh, Amandine Hess. Amandine Hess, a local wild card. I'm not sure Yafin Wang should be minus 400 or minus five games against really anybody on the dirt. What do you think about that? Uh, Hess hasn't won a match since February. It was Valentine's Day last time she won a match. Uh, yeah, um, I'm looking back. <laughs> oh, that's a mess. A lot of red there. A lot of red there. Now, remember, Yafin Wang hasn't won a clay match yet this year because I kind of was thinking of her as an outright but no 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 wait for her to get back on hard courts before we start uh before we start joining the wing gang here I, I think that uh i think this is a complete stay away yeah this is kind of a, a funny week the more i keep looking at these numbers it's it's tough because i don't really like any of the underdogs but i hate the favorites like Sabalink yeah. should be minus 575 against anyone on clay at this point same with yoff and wang at minus 400 like those are kind of silly numbers, but I can't bring myself to back the dog. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, you say, oh, okay, yeah, Yafan Wang you know, hasn't won a match on clay yet, but neither has Hess. And at least Yafan's wings are um, somewhat respectable losses. She lost to Kanta, Herkog, and Sai Sai Zhang, um, which isn't bad, whereas Hess's losses are to Muromatsu, who I've never seen play. Uh, Krejcikova, who I pretty much know from teaming up with Siniakova. I don't really know her much as a singles player. I just know that her and Siniakova are a great doubles team. And Zook, who's 
okay, but not necessarily like a clay specialist. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to, you can kind of blind bet some dogs here. But uh, like I said, uh, I th you know, we got French Open next week. Uh, this is a good week to be a fan and just maybe watch some tennis. I'm staying away here. All right, these next three matches, I think we can handicap all at the same time. Ashley Barty's minus 575 over Gavrilova. Sophia Cannon is minus 575 over Chloe Packett. And Caroline Garcia is also minus 575 over Shelby Rogers. Any interest in taking Daria Gavrilova, Chloe Packett, or Shelby Rogers at plus 400? No. <laughs> I think, okay, not. so if you, if you make me choose a dog here... I think I'm taking Shelby Rogers, but like I said, they, there's nothing that you are running around to really put your money on. Uh, Barty beat Gavrilova fairly easy recently, like Madrid. Yeah, I remember watching that one. And uh, I think I had, I think I had the over, or I think I had Gavrilova like plus five, and it wasn't even close. So uh, I don't really see any reason why it'd be any different here. Yastremska's minus four games and minus 240 over Pauline Parmentier playing in front of her home court crowd. Any interest in the uh, the local underdog? I, I can't imagine. I think this is your best underdog look yet. I think, uh, you know, if you like have to have bet one underdog here, I think this is going to be your best idea, although she has not ever been good here. <laughs> yeah. And, and she hasn't played well recently. She lost in the qualifiers to Rome to a local player. Um, she lost to Putin Seva in Madrid, which isn't that bad. She got a win over Svitolina in Madrid, although that was, I think, Svitolina's first match back. I don't know how much I put into that. Um, Dogger pass, but I'm going to pass. Jessica Pagula, a small favorite at minus 130 over Sam Stoser. I think I like Pagula at that price spread. What do you think? Do you? I do. She's just, you know, again, she hasn't played a ton on clay. She's 4-3 and three this year. A lot of that was at Charleston, but, you know, has a better hold break than Sam Stoser does. And Stoser, not very good on clay for the most part. I mean, the last two years has been solid, and I always like taking the young player. Um, you know, Pegula, uh, not a much WTA experience, honestly, over the last couple of years, but at lower level, 17-9, and nine, averaging plus three games on the dirt. Um, I, I, you know, talking about strong serves and all that, I, I think she's kind of one of those players that fits that. I don't, I, I, could, I don't know. I think I'm talking myself into the favorite. Yeah, they've only played each other, looks like, once, and Pagula won. It was on hard courts in Washington three years ago. Well, yeah, on hard courts at this price, I'd be all over Pagula. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I hate to be a broken record here, but I don't see why you would bet on this match unless you know something that we don't know. Um, yeah, I think we're really missing Jorge and his ITF knowledge here today. But um, <laughs> I mean, Pagula's yeah, a nice, Stoser's strong young name? player. I'm, I'm betting Pagula. I think I'm going to find something to parlay with her to take a, the bite off the juice a little bit. But all right, there you go. I uh, I put Stoser to advance in my little bracket that we fill out every week. Well, that's but, disappointing. Um, but yeah, I mean that just picking her in the bracket where you have to pick every match doesn't necessarily mean I want to put money on it. All right, the last match that we have lines for at this point: Monica Puig minus one ninety playing Tatana Maria. That feels about right. I, I can't imagine too much value either on either side. There, any thoughts? Um, Maria, I had in my head as a fairly competent clay player. Am I wrong? Do her numbers not say that? Because I'm looking up, and she's had a horrible clay season. 
Yeah, Hold breaks at 90 for the year. She was at 99 oh, for the last two seasons. Okay. Nothing so nice I'm really just to say overrating her. her. I'm overrating her in my head, huh? Yeah, I think she had a couple nice wins, and I, I'm trying to remember what tournament that is, but in general, I, I think this number looks right. And, and what did you say actually, the price on Puig was? Minus 190. Uh, that's, that's actually not too bad. That's what I'm that thinking. Might be, that might be your parlay piece there with uh, young Miss Pegula. Right, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. We'll we'll ponder that a little bit more. I'll tweet that out if I end up doing that. But that's yeah, all I that, think that uh, that's I all. Think, I I would think that Puig would be like minus three hundred just looking at, at at Maria's results here. Maria hasn't really done anything this year. <laughs> I mean, what she won a set off Madison Keys. I mean, won a set off Golubich in Rome before she lost. That's not really too impressive. Yeah, I think you might have found your parlay piece there. All right. Well, I'll think about that. I'll, I'll tweet that out if I find a plan. At this point, I'm not going to have enough time, unfortunately, to get to a write-up. But I'll tweet some plays out. That's not until well. I think the that it's good. Like tomorrow. I said, I think that unless you're an ITF junkie, and the thing is, the reason those guys have such an advantage over us is they are able to watch the the matches um, through like the betting sites and stuff, whereas we don't have access to them. And I think that just makes it a lot harder to handicap. I mean, I would love if you know. Talk about, you know, they need to get gambling out of there and this and that. But if, if I could pay money to watch ITF matches, I would. You know, because right now, if I want to watch these players, I have to find YouTube clips after the fact. I can't watch them live. And I think that um, knowing the results kind of will skew your view sometimes of watching them. I kind of like, uh, I like tape study live. But um, that's neither here nor there. I'm really disappointed in our fans that work at the WTA that listen to this. I mean, what, that, yeah. is, that, what is that now? The 12th <laughs> or 13th the podcast? Yeah. Is that the 12th or 13th podcast now where you've just blatantly said, just, I want to give you my money. Here, I have yeah. some money. Please want, take it. I want, I want to watch stream. tennis. Yeah. I want, to, I want to watch ITF streams. Come on, guys. All right. Let's jump into the other tournament we've got this week in Nuremberg. Um, a little bit of a newer tournament. Looks like it just started in 2013. Joanna Larson beat Allison Risk last year. Kiki Burton's the two-time defending champion in 2016 and 2017 over Barbara Krejcikova and Mariana Mourinho. Um Kareen Knapp beat Roberta Vinci the year before that, and Jeannie Bouchard actually won the title in 2014 over Carolina Pliskova, and Halep beat Pekovic I was thinking about Jeannie the other day. Isn't it so crazy how she looked like she was going to make that great comeback and then, uh, you know, just disappeared off the face of the earth? Who knows how much Remember money the- she's making wearing clothes on Instagram at this point? I mean, doesn't that sound easier than playing tennis? <laughs> Yeah, but I just, I mean, it really seemed like she had turned around. She was ready to come back, and I know she's injured, but, boy, it was just so funny how she was just ready to return to prominence, and now it's like we haven't even thought about her or spoke of her. Well, we've got a, some some decent players this week in, in Nuremberg. Yulia Putin is the one seed for some reason. Um, I was pretty surprised about that. Does that make any sense to you? Well, the seeds are based off the rankings, so, <laughs> I mean, it's not like... Uh, I guess I, I guess it's a way. It's not like rank. the betting favorite. You know, Tom Janovich is the betting favorite, even though Putin Seva is the number one seed. So. All right, I'm looking it up right now. I literally have no idea what Putin Seva is ranked. What do you think she's ranked? Um, I guess it'll be in the 50s. She's 38th. Really? Yeah. So I mean, I feel dumb asking the question that you say it. Of course, it would be the highest ranked player, and she is the highest ranked player in this field. She's above Sinia Kova. She, she stuck up to thirty. Well, you know what? She's had some good results as of late. So yeah, Sinia Kova's only forty five. Tomjanovic is forty seven. I, mean, I think I saw something today that Serena's going to go back into the top ten, and she's played like what eight matches this year. Ugh! What a mess. 
Yeah, so I mean, it just shows you how uh, how weighted these are to the Grand Slam results and and to the big tournament results. But yeah, I'm looking up Putin Saber right now. She's 38th. Huh? What's Tom Jonovich? 47. I just I've just pulled that okay. up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, that seems about right. Yeah. Well, although I mean, if you would have guessed off the top of my head, I would have thought Tom Jonovich was ranked higher. Um, right. She's had such a good year this year. I guess, I guess she just has been winning the first couple rounds and not making finals. Full year though. I'm wondering Putin save. Oh, Putin save did pretty well in Miami. That probably threw her points up. Well, she's the one seed here in the top half. Um, she's got. Let's see who else we've got here. Sirstia's in here. We got Lapko, Pekovic. Uh, Pekovic again. We're playing in Germany, and we love those local wild cards. Um, Mona Barthel's here, and Alina Friedsum. Anything you see in the top half that sticks out to you, and who do you think actually just, advances to the final? Just want to throw this out there. So I had to, I had to look because you know was kind of curious. Putin Seva really uh, threw up her ranking last year during the um, Asian Swing. Oh, there you a go. lot of good results. A lot of good results, and that's how Keon Wang is so high. Oh, there you yeah, go. She that really runs. Sense. She really runs a ranking up during there. Oh, so, yeah. um, sorry, sorry to, to not stay on topic, but we are going to the top half of Nuremberg, right? Yep. What do you think? And, I mean, is Petkovic worth a look here? What I is her whole know. break numbers? She's eight. She's eighteen to one. She's not terribly good on clay. She doesn't play here very often. Let me pull up some of the exact stuff here. Um, Pekovic, you know, she's three and four this year on the surface. Hold break a ninety six. The last two That's years, hold break good. right around ninety. You know, lower levels hardly ever played. So I'm going to be staying away from her. Um, I was looking at Begu at twenty two to one. I mean, she's in Putin save as half, but you know, if Begu makes it to that match with Putin save, and what is that going to be the third round? What do you think about that? Does Begu have a chance to win that match? Yes, she definitely does. Although I was actually looking at Friedsum as another crazy wild card here too. Well, so there you um, go. What do you, who do you think wins that first round match then? Before we even get to the, it's, let me see if I can find the price. But who do you think wins? I put Friedsum in my draw, but you were kind of telling me that I was underrating Begu when we were doing the when we were doing the prep. So, so what do you think the line of that matches? I would say Begu minus one fifty. Begu minus one ninety five. Wow. So, uh, can you give me whole break numbers for each of these each of these ladies here? Yep. Let me see. Begu. I only have one match in my database for Begu this year. I've got five for Friedsim. She's right around a hundred at, at three to two. Begu, though, the last two years, twenty-two and thirteen, with a hold break of one hundred and five. Um, and again, Friedsim really hasn't played the last two years at all. So, yeah, that must be it. Maybe I'm overranking overrating Friedsim in my head. I mean, she's the local wild card. We always love that, and we haven't seen much from Begu. I think we basically spent most of the hardcore season ragging on her. Um, yeah, that could be it. I don't know if 22 to one's right, though. Um, I'm going to think about that one maybe a little bit more. I don't know. That was the only name that stuck out to me in the top half. Is there any bets that you were going to make? Um, Friedson was the one. I, didn't, I ended up not doing it, but uh, maybe I was just kind of... Um, impressed by a run at Stuttgart. That's the only tournament she's really played. She didn't play Rome or uh, Madrid, which is weird. She didn't even try and qualify. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how she's doing. Begu only lost to Poots in, in, in Madrid and then uh, got a couple good wins in, in Rome right here. Yeah, I guess that line is about right. Begu should be favored. All so right. maybe, I, maybe I'm overrating uh, uh, Freeds him off for a good run in Stuttgart. 
It's possible. I mean, what's Freedsome's outright price here? I'm looking at. I don't see it. Fifty to one. That might be worth yeah. just a little sprinkle. I, I mean, yes, because I I was gonna go off the Jorge one on this one instead of just um, you know sitting it out completely. I was gonna just take two complete long shots and hope they made it to the quarters and the semis and then hedge my way to some profit um, because I was pretty much gonna lay low this week. I'm you know just be a fan, kind of watch some of these players. This is almost. Uh, Almost an opportunity for me to stream these ITF level matches <laughs> that I've been talking about, you know, because um, I mean, doesn't Freed some Bagu seem like it could be a great ITF final somewhere? Um, so <laughs> I like that, and I think that's enough thoughts for the top half. So All right. um, I'm going to put actually, I think a little bit on Bagu at, at 22 to one, maybe just a, a quarter of a unit. I like that. Just a what about bit. Tormo here? What's her number? Um, Tormo, I think Tormo honestly loses in the first round, but Tormo's. 28 to 1. She's playing Lapko, who is 33 to 1. So Tormo is actually favored in that match, which is interesting. And I looked, actually looked them up. I don't think Lapko's had the best results so far this year, right? No, Lapko's been really bad. Um, and actually, Tormo is a huge favorite in that match. That's interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to the first round matchups. Now, the bottom yeah, half. I'm just surprised you had her losing the first round. Boy, Lapko got worked on hard courts. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she did horribly. I guess Tormo hasn't been doing that great either. She she's another one. Maybe I watch too much Stuttgart because whoever did well, well in Stuttgart, I seem to think is really good. Tormo plays really well in Bogota every year, so you kind of yeah. see that, and then she kind of fades out as the European season goes. But um, we'll talk about again a little bit more about that in the first round. But Sounds jumping good. jumping into the bottom half, we've got an outright pick from Jorge that he did send us, and it's not Tamara Zdancic. What do you think about that? Yeah, because she was only 12 to 1. Zandanzik was the first name that, that jumped out to me, too. But also, you have to remember, as we're getting these numbers, uh, one of the reasons we had done Zandanzik so well is her great numbers over the last two years, but her 2019 numbers haven't been that great. Um, so I think that that 12 to 1 actually isn't a good, very good price at all for Zandanzik there. Well, I think the biggest problem here is she's probably got to play Alia Tomjanovic, who I'm going to pull up the head-to-head right now just to confirm this, has, I think, beaten the pants off her just about the last two times they played. We may not beat the pants off her, but, um, yeah, let's see. Uh, looking back uh, in Rome... Tomjanovic beat her in two sets with a tiebreaker, 6-4, and then 7-5, 6-2 in Charleston. Wah win, Tomjanovic 6-4, 6-1, and uh, Zdancic got a set off Tomjanovic in Seoul, but ended up losing the match, and then did beat her in uh, bowl on clay last year, but 4-1 Tomjanovic, and she hasn't dropped a set in the last three matches they've played, two of which have been on clay, so... uh, at 12 to 1, you're right. I think that's really tough to trust. So, what Jorge actually likes here is Kuda Mertova at 50 to 1. And you've done a good job foreshadowing this, talking about, you know, big numbers here. So, what do you think? Are we jumping on board and stealing Jorge's play? I can see why he likes it. Um, I mean, at point two units, <laughs> why not? But, uh, okay, so she lost to Kanepi there in Charlotte. Then she had a pretty good showing in Lugano until she lost to Hercog. Then she had a pretty good showing on clay in Istanbul, not the hardcore Istanbul, um, where she lost to Gasparian eventually, but she won the first four matches. And then uh, recently she's lost to uh, Jennifer Brady, who we mentioned before, the Caroline Garcia killer, and uh, Rebecca Peterson took her out in Rome. Um, I don't know, I'm not super excited for it, but I understand why he picked it. At fifty to one, there's some value there. She said some nice play on clay, six and four with a hold break right around one hundred five. Not spectacular, but solid. You know, at lower levels, twelve and six. You know, plus games. It's at fifty to one. It's a pretty decent number, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I might sprinkle just a little bit on that. I don't, I don't love it. I do like it though. That's probably worth a quarter unit. Quarter unit. How wild is it that they put all the Russian girls in the same section? You got Alexandrova, you got Diachenko, you got Kudermatova, and you got Zdancic all in the same quarter there. That's pretty wild. Um, that is wild. I didn't notice it until you mentioned it. Yeah, so I think I am going to take Kudermatova at a quarter unit. She's had a nice season. She's got some okay clay numbers here. You know, Zdancic at 12-1, to 1, as weird as this sounds, if she's got to play Tomjanovic, I, I can't actually take that. And it's funny, we've been talking about the bottom half this entire time. We haven't said one word about Katarina Siniakova. What do you think about that? I mean, I think that she's going to be good to look for some individual matches, but plus 800 is a horrible number. Um, I think she should be way higher with her current form. I'm not looking at it at all. If I were to do a crazy outright, the one that I was looking at was Mandy Manella. That's and interesting. She I has, will pull her up. It's just so such a tough draw her. for her. She's got to play Siniakova and then probably Kuznetsova. You know, two up and down players. But yeah, I know. Just as which much talent why. as anybody. Yeah, when I was originally looking at the entry list, I was thinking that I liked her, but I didn't like the draw, which is another reason why I said, well, don't force it this week, you know. Um, so you're looking at Manny Manila and her results this year. Um, she's played a lot of clay. Um, she lost to Petra Martic, who's playing great in Charlotte. Lost to Fiona Farrell, my pick for the other tournament in Lugano. Then had another good showing in Stuttgart, so we'll see that, that Fred Astaire is overrating Stuttgart results when it comes into this tournament. <laughs> and it's funny because I did this subconsciously. You know, I'm pulling these up, you know, as we're speaking. Um, and then uh, she had a nice little run here at, at her most recent one, the little ITF in clay. Um, so Manella was the one that I was looking at. But, yeah, the draw kind of takes her out as actually, like, putting the money down. Yeah, I think I'm going to take some Cooter at 50 to 1 for a quarter unit, but that's just about it for me. Yeah, I, if Manella was closer to that Cooter price, I think I would be a little. With her draw, I don't think she should be there. Another one that I was like kind of looking at that I was hoping would be, uh, you know, I would see something I liked was Jakupovic, was also 50 to 1, but um, looking at her most recent results. Round. Yeah, and looking at her most recent results, she's not really in form, and I, I don't think that she's. Uh, I don't think even the 51, I don't see where I'd be extracting value there. So not much from so, an outright perspective this week, you know. Then, okay, so if I have to pick one, I'll take Tormo at twenty-five to one. All right, that's not bad. So just yeah. going back to kind of sum up here, you know, we're each going to play some some small bets, you know, a quarter unit, maybe a little less on Fiona Farrow, and then again, a, you know, a smaller bet, probably a quarter unit on Kudermatova at fifty to one, and I'm going to put a quarter unit on Begu at twenty-two to one. Are you actually going to bet? Um, gosh, I'm sorry, I forget the name you just mentioned. So the one that I've already placed is Fiona Farrow. Oh, Farrow, that's right. That's about and it. And then Tormo. Oh, that's right, Tormo. No, you're not going to bet that, so don't worry about it. Okay, cool. <laughs> right. Let's jump into the first round here. Let's see what matches we've got lines for. Um, Evgeny Rodina is plus 190 and plus four games to Madison Brangle. I, I can't come up with any reason why this match isn't minus 110 each way. On it's the Brangle w- match? It's wild to me that Brangle's a huge favorite here. Do you have any explanation for that? I mean, I know Rodina has been pretty rough the last few months, but I have nothing nice to say about Brangle really at all this year either. Um, you know, this is, this is, this to me feels kind of like a hold your nose spot. I might just take the plus four games, you know, cause so I'll Rodina tell you why that Rodina, I, I'll tell you why it's so high. Uh, Rodina's only won two matches in 2019. <laughs> She is two and one, two, three, four, five. Well, how many six, is Brangle one? Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. She's two and twelve this year. 
Pringle is at least... She won some lower level matches, but she hasn't done anything on the WT level. Yeah, but at least she's winning, you know. I'd rather see success at the ITF level than losing it, losing the first round in all these WTA events. I'm going to talk myself into Rodina plus four games. I just, and it's minus 105 too. I don't even have to pay as much juice. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be a solo on that one. I I don't see any reason why you would back Rodina here. All right, Tormo's a, a pretty decent favorite, minus 185 over Lapko. Sounds like you like Tormo in that match. I know Lapko's had a tough year, but yeah, Lapko's had a tough year, and we were really enjoying. Uh... Uh, back in her last year on the hard courts, huh? Yeah, just, yeah, we were. It's so just, maybe, maybe we'll have that opportunity again later this summer. But for now, we're not going to get anywhere near Vera Lapko. Putin save a big favorite over Jakupovich. You were talking a little bit that you liked Jakupovich, but was disappointed. Well, the name Putin. jumped out, but then when, but then when I went and actually looked at her results, I'm realizing that I've just watched some matches that she looked impressive in, but that she has not been consistent at all enough to really. Um, see a reason to, to back her. Mona Barthel, a huge favorite over someone named Ormachia. We're just going to pass on that. Yeah, I don't um, know her. Freedsom plus 150 against Begu. It sounds like you want to bet Freedsom there, but you may have kind of backed off a little. I don't know. You sound sounded less enthusiastic than, we, than when we started. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think this is the week where discretion is the better power of valor will be... Uh, will be very smart. I don't see any reason to like, you know, blow a lot of units going into the French Open on these matches that for one, like I said, I'm not as educated on as say the WTA because I don't have access to a lot of these ITF matches. And, you know, in the first round you just usually choose a couple matches and only watch them and a lot of these ladies lose in the first round a lot. Um, what had worried me about Freedsome was that she's only played Stuttgart so far this year. Um but if I were to play it, I think it's Stuttgart or no... I mean, not Stuttgart. Freedsome or no play. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I'm going to I'm gonna pass on that. Looking at the next match here, Kuder Matova, who we've got our outright on, is a favorite, but she's only minus 160 against Diachenko. Diachenko playing her second clay match of the year. Um, and hasn't played... I'm, I'm trying to confirm this because I can't believe i kind of hope the data in my spreadsheets are wrong nope has not played a clay match besides roland garros since 2016 um you know played some lower level stuff but has not played at the wta level at all on clay i don't I understand this kudamertova should be minus 300 uh she's played yeah she's played itf clays though yeah, but barely any. I mean, you look at it. She played one match in May, um, lost in two sets to Priscilla. Well, because you're because you're taking out the um, what's it called, the qualifiers. No, she hasn't played any qualifiers. She got a a, a, a main entry draw here. Oh, you're right. Look at that. She played. Pres- <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, so she's one and two this year against the Ormachia. Is <laughs> her one win? The girl that we didn't know. Um, yeah, Kuder Matova, yeah, I don't know why she's not. It's probably because she hasn't been doing that well uh, as of late. But yeah, Kuder Matova should win this one fairly easily. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to parlay with something again, take the little bite out of that. Maybe with Tamara as a dancer. And what'd you say the number was? Minus 160. Really? Yep. Yeah, okay. All right. See, you guys always, I always say I'm not going to play these first rounds and then. You hear stuff like that and you want to. All right, speaking of Zidanzik, we're going to another person who hasn't done well on clay yet this year, and that's her opponent, Masaki Doi. Um, this might be my parlay partner. Minus 265 feels a little cheap. I mean, Zidanzik is much better in general. 
Um, you know, she hasn't been great this year, but she showed a little better talent in her first couple matches in Rome. You know, she at least got two wins under her belt here before losing to her uh, kryptonite, Alia Tamjanovic. Um, but Doi... Has played two matches on clay so far this year. Lost them both. One to Pegula, one to Alertova in an ITF event. Um, so, yeah, I don't see how you... What's the dancing number? It's a dance six minus 265. So I think maybe that's my partner for Kudo. I think that's a good parlay. Yeah, let me pull that up, see what the odds look like on that. Should yeah, get you like pretty plus, close to even money. Plus 120, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like that one, too. Excellent. All right, keep... In the uh, just let's keep going forward here. Um, sorry, I just lost my place. Sabine Lasicki is a big dog to Tom Yanovich. That makes sense. Alja's minus six, minus twelve hundred, which is kind of silly, but you know what are you gonna do? Um, Kuznetsova's minus four hundred. Uh, Lasicki hasn't won in two thousand nineteen. Right, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> lay, what are you gonna do? Lay the twelve hundred. No, but I'm just saying that's why they put the line there. Yeah, Kuznetsova's yeah. minus four hundred over Larson. Um, that's kind of interesting. Kuznetsova's played much better. Larson was a decent clay player the last two years, but has been terrible this year. I, I guess that's a pass. Larson has not won a clay match this year and has not won since the Fed Cup in February. So pass. Now, yeah. a juicy dog. You said you liked Manella to win this match. What do you think the manella Siniakova line is? Uh, Manella plus 200. Oh, uh, Manella plus 175. Sorry, buddy. I don't know. That's still, still like worth it. a look. And That's still worth a look. The plus four is pretty juicy. I might I might pay the juice to get the extra half game, but plus 175, I I think I'm going to talk myself into that. Yeah, Siniakova beat Wang so far this year. She's beat Sepalova and Jakupovic. Uh, lost to Stritzova. Uh, Kiki Burton's and Kasakina. So, boy, those aren't really bad losses at all. Except for uh, Rybakina that she lost in Istanbul. But, um, yeah, now I see I see why that's lined that way. That seems about right, but I think it's a dog or pass here. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to talk myself in the dog. I do not have um, Siniakova's win in Rome over Wang here and her match against Kasatkina, but Manella actually has a slightly better hold break at 103 versus 99. Um, on the season against a pretty similar competition. So uh, we'll see. Again, we'll tweet all this stuff out. None of this stuff happens for another day or so. Um, but some interesting matches so far. Um, anything else to add here before we wrap? No, I think that's about it. So uh, definitely did miss our uh, our, RT, our ITF expert here, Jorge, today. But I uh, hope we were still able to give some information. And, um, you know, I'm glad the listeners could tune in for an hour to listen to us to say not to bet any matches this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a couple outrights again. You've got Kudermatova. I'm going to take some Begu. Um, and then, gosh, I just am terrible. I should have written this stuff down. You know, if only I were a better host, we're going to take Pharaoh as well. Um, and we'll be sure to tweet out a few matches. I'm going to sit here and think about these a little more now that we're done. But if you're disappointed that Jorge wasn't here, be sure to reach out to him at Jorge TW. <laughs> TS tennis and just you know send him a message send him a tweet let him know how disappointed you were that he's, yeah, yeah, like, that he's somewhere uh, else he's somewhere say, else Nukes right and now spread don't know anything about these low level tournaments we need you back for the international week um, no but I don't think that it's that crazy or that wild um, you know for people giving gambling advice to tell you to lay off the week before or the week after a slam I mean that's almost like tennis betting one on one. 
Um, you know, a lot of people when they jump in, I think it's easier for me because I haven't been doing that well this year. So it's easier for me to lay off for a week. But I know that I've had weeks where I've been just doing so good going into that week before slam. And I, you know, you know in your head, don't bet it. Like almost like with the NBA, like you know in your head, like don't bet that week between the Christmas and, and New Year's. You know, like there's certain times you know that you should just not bet. And, um, you know, I hate to say it, but I, I really think that unless that you have been watching the ITF, you know, and you have a reason to believe in some of these bets, I think it's better to just kind of watch, um, look for some dark horse candidates for some first round upsets in, uh, in Roland Garros. Because the thing is that some of the players that do well this week that, you know, we could have completely uh, blown off or just kind of passed through or just sit past, blah, blah, blah. You know, they end up making the quarters or the semis, and now we have a candidate at a great plus money dog in the first round of Roland Garros. So, um, you know, I think use it for what it is. I don't think this is a, a week to make money. I think this is a week to get your tape study in. And for those of us out here in America that don't have access to the to the ITF streams, you know, just kind of a week for us to get familiar with some of these lower-level players and, and keep an eye out for underdogs that we want to support going into Roland Garros. Well, I think that was very well said. Just remember, kids, safety first. And thanks for yeah. listening, and have a great week. Good luck in all your wagers. <laughs>